Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this evening is found in the Old Testament book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 49, verse 7. This is what the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, its Holy One, says to the one deeply despised, to one abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers. Kings will see and stand up. Public officials will see and they will bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, because of the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. This is the word of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, The prophet Isaiah is sometimes called the evangelist of the Old Testament because so much of his book gives God's good news of grace and mercy and speaks of the Messiah. By telling us those things, Isaiah adds to our understanding of Christ's life and work, just as the evangelists Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John do in the New Testament. The part of the book that this verse is taken from is remarkable for how much detail it gives about the coming Messiah. And it is often presented to us as as words spoken by the Lord to his servant, that is, by the Father to his Son, Jesus. Sometimes we even have the Son's words. Immediately before the verse we just read, we hear, But now the Lord who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to turn Jacob back to him so that Israel might be gathered to him, so that I will be honored in the eyes of the Lord and my God has become my strength. The Lord said, It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the ones I have kept in Israel. So I will appoint you to be a light for the nations, so that my salvation may be known to the end of the earth. That, that is a beautiful statement of the gospel. And it's one we read in the Epiphany season because it emphasizes the Messiah's mission as not just the Savior of Israel, but of the whole world to be a light for the nations. It is all grace and all good news No one is gathered or redeemed, restored or raised up based on their own merits. It is the work of Jesus and the will of the Lord that brings this salvation. And one would think that this would be welcome news to anyone and everyone. Salvation from sin and guilt, death, and damnation, without cost or effort, freely given by a gracious and merciful God. And the one who works that salvation and delivers sinners from the eternal consequences of their sins would also then, we would think, be welcomed and honored as no other person ever could or would be. But even in prophecy, 700 years or so before Christ's passion, the truth about the Messiah's real reception was revealed. The Holy One of Israel, its Redeemer, the Lord, foresaw that His servant would suffer 
in completing his mission on earth, and that his work would be greeted not with respect or gratitude, but with contempt and violence. Our text has the father calling his son the one deeply despised, one abhorred by the nation. And that is, tragically but truthfully, that is exactly what we see happening in Christ's passion. And particularly in the portion of the passion history that we read just a few moments ago. Jesus, the Messiah, God's servant and Israel's Savior, is deeply despised and abhorred by the leaders and representatives of the very nation he comes to save. We see it first in the way they arrest him. They they do not do it publicly where everyone can see what is happening, but they arrange to do it in secret, the way they would take a criminal who is hiding from justice. They rely on a traitorous disciple to lead their mob through the darkness to to the spot in the garden that only an insider would know to find his master. This is not just contempt for Jesus. It is also contempt for God's way of doing things because his laws for his people said that justice was something that should be done in the open. And the contempt was compounded by the lies. Most heartbreaking would have been the friendly kiss that Judas gave to his rabbi, acting as though all were well when in fact he was betraying his friend to his enemies. But then came the lies piled upon lies that that the chief priests and the Sanhedrin sought from false witnesses, false witnesses seeking something anything that they could use to condemn Jesus to death. Again, it it was not just contempt for him, but also contempt for the truth and God's law. The only purpose for convening their court was to have Jesus put to death. Guilt, innocence, honesty, honor, none played any role in their thinking that night. The high priest's questioning showed further contempt, even knowing that the witnesses were lying, even when their false testimonies did not agree, even knowing that Jesus had not really done anything wrong, even aware that Jesus clearly had the blessing of the Lord since he was able to do miracles, even then the high priest spoke as though the testimony they had just heard was truly damning and required a response. And when Jesus would not honor those lies with an answer, the high priest upped the ante. Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? He didn't really want to know. And he didn't really care whether the answer would be true. He was fishing hoping to to goad their victim into saying something worthy of death. And when Jesus answered with the truth, I am, he was met with only more contempt. His people's representatives were unwilling to recognize that truth. 
Their hatred moved them instead to embrace a lie. So they condemned him as one who blasphemes against the Lord without giving any consideration to what the Lord himself might have to say about it. And then, feeling freed by finding the lie that they had sought, their contempt turned to violent abuse, spitting, beating, striking, mocking, and more. We know what followed. Another trial before Pilate. More abuse, more suffering, more pain, crucifixion, and death. All willingly suffered by our Savior in order to pay for our sins and win us eternal life. But in the short term, and by earthly standards, nothing went the Messiah's way here. But still, Despite it all, he remained steadfast because he knew what was at stake. At any moment, Jesus had the power to end it all, to walk away, to strike down his enemies, to just go home to heaven. But he did not. He was resolute in his determination to deliver us from death and the devil matter what they did, no matter how much his nation abhorred him. And in Isaiah, we see that it is all worth it in the end. God's purpose is fulfilled. And at the conclusion of all things, those who opposed him will find themselves giving Christ the resurrected, ascended, and exalted Messiah, giving Him the honor they refused Him here on earth. Kings will see and stand up. Public officials will see, and they will bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, because of the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. The Messiah's claims will be recognized and he will be given the honor he is due. The Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, its Holy One, says so. And Jesus knew that what the Lord says will always happen as he says. God is faithful and true, no matter what sinners and rebels here on earth might say or do. So Christ was strengthened in his steadfastness by this confidence. He submitted to his enemies and their plot. And he rebuked them and their mob. He he told them that despite their intentions, by taking him into their hands, they were actually playing into God's hands. They thought they were in charge, but they were not at all. They were doing what God had determined long ago would happen to his son. And Jesus also showed his steadfastness. And when on trial, he resisted the urge to silence their lies and instead remained silent in response to all their falsehoods. He only spoke when it was time to confess the truth. 
the truth that he was indeed the Christ, the Son of God. And soon enough, these arrogant men would know the truth of it. But when they see him sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven, it will be too late for them to escape the condemnation they deserve. Now we, who have been saved by what Jesus did for us, we who believe the gospel and have had our sins forgiven and have been made holy through his blood shed on the cross, we saints can be strengthened in our steadfastness by the same confidence in the Lord's faithfulness and truth as Christ. Like him, we can expect the scriptures to be fulfilled, which means that we not only count on the happy ending of heaven, but we also expect to face lies and contempt from our and his enemies here on earth because he warned us that we would. And like Jesus, we will stand ready to testify that God's hand is at work in the world and in our lives, no matter what response that testimony might receive. We can also learn from his example that not every false accusation or lie requires a response, but that when we are called upon to confess the truth, that he is the Christ, the Son of God, and all the world's Savior, we do not hesitate. We are always ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. But we will also be ready for our answer, even though it is the truth. And the most important truth at that, we will be ready for that to be rejected, as it was by the high priest in the Sanhedrin when Jesus gave that answer. It may even result in bad things for us in the short term by earthly standards, but we will still remain steadfast st saints through whatever may come. Steadfast because of the Lord who is faithful. Steadfast because of the Holy One of Israel who not only chose Jesus to be our Savior, but also chose us to be his people and chose to have a place prepared for us at Christ's side in paradise. This is our hope. This is our confidence. This is our rock. This is our life. Because he is our loving, faithful, steadfast Lord and Savior. Amen. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen.